Hello, this is Jerf from the podcast. Just wanted to pop in and tell you a little bit about some warnings in relation to said content uh, that you're about to watch, uh, particularly as it relates to our discussions over the actions of certain musicians that could be classified as some shade of pedophilia, epiphilia, or abibophilia. Uh, not even sure if I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly, but it is a discussion that is had throughout the course of this episode. It is not the majority of this episode, uh, but I did want to just give a heads up at the top of the episode. And secondly, and more so, uh, the film that we cover, Velvet Goldmine, does have some warnings uh, that I'd like to give it as well. There is implied statutory, our word that I'm not going to say in this, implied incest. Just wanted to um, give that heads up. And yeah, here's the uh, episode. Necrophilia. God damn it. Th- this is why we fucking ended up in a well, you know? I thought that was because you and Melanchi were fighting. There's a lot of things that puts a man and an envy. I mean, there were other men down there, too. Jeremy, Ray, 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 Ray. Uh, R.I.P. to the entire Theon family. Uh, Not sure what you're talking about. They're dismissing. Not sure what happened okay. to them. It, it's fine, a shame. No. Okay, that's fine. Um, oh, oh, you wanna you wanna confess to fucking a felony? Confess to having a capital crime. I, uh, no, I did not confess to anything because I did not do anything. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't on camera. When you definitely didn't it do that. Definitely thing. wasn't this Raytheon camera right here. You don't think they have backups? I, uh, I mean, these things just upload everything to YouTube, right? You wish it was that simple. I, I, I hope it doesn't, because I, I like peed on this camera. <sighs> I, pe- I peed on everything down there, but you know, speaking Malachi, of simple, why are you asleep? I I've just been entranced by what's been happening. Also, I've been looking into is there an actual is there evidence for Freddie Mercury and David Bowie fucking? Okay. That seems very on topic in like yeah. a weirdly specific way. <laughs> because today we're talking about a film that is not a classic. We're talking about Velvet Goldmine. <laughs> Wait, we talking about films? 
This is occasionally. In between scratching our balls. You are wrinkling my brain. Here's a shocker. You know, it's also pretty wrinkled. My balls. Boom. Roasted. Uh, that was a self burn. Nice. I know, right? Gotta love it. Uh, Dry skin. Hey, you know, like, hey, how is the bottom of the wall for y'all? Eh, um, I'd rather not talk about it ever again. I, I think that we should do more than talk about it. I think, I think we should go down there like once a week. I mean, I don't mind going there, but like, I don't want to talk about what we did. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah. What we did was... Yeah, we definitely didn't edit the events together and release two podcast episodes back to back. I mean, just unspeakable things. Yeah. Uh, no, what I was saying was we go back there every week to watch TV. Every day, we tur- every day we stray further and further away from our non-existent god, be- capitalism. <laughs> True. She is a goddess. I ate her pussy once. Anyway, speaking of fucking, this movie's premise is, hey, y'all remember how there's rumors that David Bowie fucked Iggy Pop? Yeah, there was rumors that my Android idol was fucking my uh, shirtless idol. Well, what if they did, and that's this movie? And, 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 uh, I hope just... that one of them is a, I hope one of them is a Jedi. Well, I have good I have good news for you because uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. He is that dick I am looking for. Does does he <laughs> does he do an Alec Guinness impression? So you know, uh, we'll never know. I did His research. Uh, well, hello there. Dude, for my nightmare, General Kenobi. So, David Bowie. And Freddie Mercury, to my knowledge, did not have sex, but they both had sex with Carrie Fisher. Lucky. I mean, if if that's the thing you'd be interested in, I'm, I'm, you fucking, I'm just avoiding want, this. I'm avoiding this joke. I I just wanted to see if the two like great bi icons of music in the like later half of the twentieth century had sex because I needed to know if that happened. <laughs> Honestly, they kind of did have sex, but it wasn't with their penises and buttholes. It was like this through the music. Because no one can take under pressure away from me. I think that is the gayest shit I've ever heard. Have you ever heard "Gimme Danger"? Actually, no. I've heard the village people. Hey, have you ever heard of this? Princess Leia, where are you tonight? And who's laying there by your side? Every night I fall asleep with her. I end up alone. This is how you get fucking sent back to the well. I, I want to go back. I want to go back. I don't even know how I got off the track, honestly. Do we... Uh, kill, something I want to talk about, maybe this is something we could talk about after the movie, but I want to talk about some buy erasure shit because I feel like Bowie gets erased as a buy man all the fucking time. Bowie did not like this movie. 
I wouldn't either as a my man. I know. It's got a lot of problems. It's named after a David Bowie song. So, does this film take place, like, in, like, a certain point in time in their careers, or, like, over the period of their friendship? So, it takes place in, like, early David Bowie's career, so, like, I think kind of 69-ish, and then there's some stuff in more, like, 70, 71, uh, before really, I think, mainly focusing in, like, 70, 72, 73, which is more so, like, that prime time Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie being like a giant force on top of the world. That's kind of the David Bowie they're mainly focusing on. Uh, but then there is kind of a flash forward and it does kind of narratively function as like Christian Bale plays a reporter is sometime, I think it's either the eighties or the nineties who's going looking for clues um, because it, it, there's this playoff this idea uh, that David Bowie killed, metaphorically, uh, Ziggy Stardust with a more uh, literal interpretation of that idea and, like, looking into that kind of story, and that's the narrative device of the film. Also, Christian Bale's in this movie. That sounds pretty gay. Christian Uh, Bale has a lot of sex in this movie, if I remember correctly. What's Christian Bale's body type in this movie? Um, you know, you're gonna have to wait for it, but, like, kinda twinky? Nice. Hell yeah. Alright, uh, so, like, skinny, but not emaciated. Yeah. I was looking into the fucking shit about the David Bowie album, where he... Was it, uh... Was it Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, the album that was made while they were in, uh... Divorce, or while he was getting a divorce. Uh, I I believe that. Uh, but also when Iggy Pop and him went to uh, was it Sweden for that period of time so we could get clean, and then they got addicted to. I want to say opioids, but I I don't remember. Uh, I think you mean. So, you mean like the Berlin period, right? Yes, that's what I'm. Okay, so so Iggy isn't on all of those. But in the early album albums, it's more so like low specific, not yeah, low specifically, which is the first one uh, that was getting recorded around the same time as Iggy Pop's first two soul albums, and those kind of three albums have like these real collaborations between them, and this is kind of coming after the fact of Iggy Pop. Uh, committing himself to a mental institution to get clean of his drug problems and then David Bowie coming in on the weekends and bringing him cocaine and then uh, he recorded an album while in this institution called Kill City with the Stooges then guitarist or previous guitarist the band had broken up at that point Uh, that album's very good recommended and from there that is when uh, Iggy Pop kind of started to get clean more so and to rebuild his career and no one really wanted to take that record, uh, especially in 1975. It did kind of get released as a bootleg in 1977 before getting a remix and more official release by 2010, this Kill City album. But Bowie 
kind of takes Iggy Pop under his wing and rehabilitates him as, you know, that Berlin period and as he goes on the Station to Station tour. And in that time, that is when Iggy records his first two solo albums, The Idiot and then Loves for Life, and then also has some collaborations on Low. But I think it's only one song that he really is on. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I was wondering for that period of time, because I know uh, Ashes to Ashes, which is on uh, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, talks yeah. about this period of time. Uh, and I believe it's in the second stanza. Uh, and I really fucking love that song. It's great summation of the 70s. That was, um, it's, it's a great song. That was it's David fantastic. Bowie's Hitler period, right? Yes, this is when he said, yeah, I like fascism. Yeah, uh, no, there. you're confusing Scary Monsters and Super Creeps with... Uh, no, no, during the Berlin. Uh, it's in the Berlin trilogy. I'm on the Wikipedia right now. <laughs> Scary Monsters and Super Creeps is not in no, the it's, Berlin uh, trilogy. It's, no, it's I'm, like but, the album immediately after that. Yeah, that's why uh, I didn't mean that it was Scary is... Monsters and Super Creeps. I was more referencing that period and then yeah. answering. Uh, that probably didn't sound like I was saying the thing. What I was yeah. saying is that the Berlin trilogy is where uh, Bowie was like, yeah, fascism good. And then he later was well, like, that, I was too high to say correct things. That, well, no, that was more so station to station because he was playing kind of like the, that's the album of the Thin White Duke where he is playing like a fascist who sings like kind of Frank Sinatra like songs. Does the Thin White Duke have a name? It's just called the Thin White Duke. Um, How about, so, let me get this straight, this movie is about Iggy Pop and David Bowie having sex. Yes, that's, and it's one of it's... Those, <laughs> oh, one? Uh-huh. Okay, is it, is it a hardcore sex scene? I don't remember. Who bought him? I don't remember. I want the gayest, raunchiest shit that I can see. Yeah, I, want, I, just, I, want I wanted to offend people with sensitive sensibilities. I want, I want to be hardcore full penetration. I, and I, <laughs> I want them both to bottom at some point. It and They go them. pretty hard. Also, Eddie Izzard, Eddie Izzard is in this movie playing <laughs> David Bowie's... playing an interpretation of David Bowie's manager from around this time period, and it's I don't know what pronouns Eddie Izzard is currently using. Um, I think it might be they, them. But I don't remember. Hey, speaking of they, them pronouns, I, like, before we got trapped in a well, uh, before Pride Month, I was listening to, uh, <clears throat> to Can't Get Enough of Keanu. Nice. And, uh, and something happened that I knew was going to happen. And, and then something else that I knew was going to happen happened, and then the thing that I hoped would happen happened, and that was cool. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm referring to? Yes, I, I kind of forgot. I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. Like, like, to fill in Malachi, John Wick 3 has a non-binary character. Hells yeah. Uh, but they, uh, they're very visibly AFAD. Uh, so at one point, uh, 
Matt and Jake are uh, referring to them as she her with she her pronouns, and then Patrick's like, uh, to totally be that guy, uh, they them pronouns, uh, the character and the actor, non-binary, and the, the dudes are just like, oh, okay, cool, that's fine, we get it, sorry, and that was, it was like the best case scenario of the misunderstanding there, you know. Yeah. I like that. I, I like it when people are just like, oh shit, I got that wrong. My bad. Yeah. It's just kind of like, they just kind of kept going, you know? Uh, Okay, from what I can find, Izzard identifies as uh, with uh, he, him, and she, her. Okay. Oh, that's, uh... I wasn't up to date with a lot of this, so I didn't want to... Yeah, I, I just did a quick Google. Yeah. And that's what the Wikipedia told me. Uh, I assume gender uh, fluidity or bigenderness. Yeah, I, I either way. I think I fucking love I, Betty Izzard. I believe my, that my team. Uh, he identifies as trans. Ah. It's like uh, remember when um, Billy D. Williams uh said that uh. Uh, he uses he he him uh, she her pronouns, and everyone's like, "Oh, Billy D. Williams is gender fluid." And then someone actually like asked him about it, and uh, he was like, "No, I just use she her pronouns." <laughs> no, I just this is interesting. I just like Carl Jung. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole thing. It's just like I believe yeah. that like men should be more feminine. And shit. It's just like okay, you do you. Can we talk about the point in time in prehistory when we were a matriarchy? Allegedly, because I don't have evidence of this. It's just something that a few people have said. <laughs> and it makes me wonder. You know? Wait, what does that have to do with David Bowie? Um, I don't know, but... This fucking I, there are aspects about this movie that I really like, and I'm excited and kind of terrified to show it to you, because I don't remember loving this movie. You just but I love things of it. Yeah, specifically the music. Weird question about the Stooges: Are all their bass lines root notes? I or... don't know. I I haven't checked. That that's a really punky thing to do. I don't. I'm yeah. not sure if the third album is because Ron Ashton moved from guitar. He played guitar in the first two albums in their initial run, and then was moved to bass because that's a whole other discussion. Uh, they basically treated the Ashton brothers as session musicians when the band was kind of reunited under David Bowie's watch, uh, which is kind of messed up. And I don't like I, it. I always find it... I hate when bands, like... Okay, sorry, I'm speaking in a broad sense. I'm not speaking on the Stooges, per se. But I hate when, like, you just end up putting a guitarist on bass. It's just like, no, you need a bassist. You don't need, like, a rhythm guitarist who's just, like, not that good at their job. Yeah. Like, this happens in metal all the time, and it really annoys me. That's why you you really appreciate, like, your Jason Newsteads and your uh, Paul Grays. And people who I don't are, like, know. Actually it worked out for Paul McCartney. 
God. he can I think was originally a bass player, is my understanding. Hell yeah. Who run Ashen? Yeah. Or yeah. I was trying that to think of Cliff sense. Burton's name. Cliff Burton's like one of the greatest bassists of all time, changed my mind. And, well, I mean, oh yeah, his, his exceptionally great playing on uh, Ride the Lightning. Uh, is it... If only I could hear it. Hey, weird hey, question. That bass solo that he fucking has is one of the, like... It's fucking sick. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I think I'm confusing albums, but like... Uh, didn't they, I think like, that, didn't they well, do that with Jason Newstead? I, I don't know if... I know they actually... Okay, so I'm not sure if they did this in both instances but on for just justice for all yes they like decimated the base parts i believe yeah i know i think it was was it load where they started actually training their bases like people <laughs> hey uh weird question are bases people no uh, yeah, but they. Yeah, this film also does like a recreation of kind of David Bowie type glam, mm -hmm. because as you know, David Bowie did not approve of any of his, any of his music, even in a cover setting, to be used in this film. Even the the film, even the song that the film is named after. Which is a B-side of Bowie's that you might have never heard. Okay, so I'm looking... Sorry, now I want to talk about Cliff Burn a little bit, because we did this yeah. diatribe about stuff. Okay, so Cliff Burn was on, I believe, their first three albums, which is Kill Em All, which was released in 83, Ride the Lightning, released in 84, and Master Puppets uh, in 86. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out which one of them has the song I fucking love. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Metallica, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I believe Personally. And Justice for All is where we have Jason Newstead for the first time, and it isn't until, like, I think maybe Metallica, but definitely Low, where Jason Newstead gets, like, like, he's the mixing's equal, which is another thing, is that uh, a lot of metal bands don't mix well for yeah. bassists. I mean, a lot more modern bands are better about that, but like, uh. yeah. Personally, my favorite Metallica album is Blue Lou. Blue Lou. Blue Lou. Uh, okay. If anyone likes metal, listen to Anesthesia, Pulling Teeth. Uh, it's an instrumental. It's just like four minutes of Cliff Burton being a complete badass. Like, it's, it's so fucking good. I believe that's what I'm thinking of. I'm gonna have to, like, go double-check later, so maybe uh, I'll have an edit for this, but, like... Oh, if Cliff I got wrong, insert the audio here. If you got it right, uh, insert a uh, fart sound here. I don't know. I, I yeah. gave you a fart noise to use. <laughs> <laughs> now. 
Do you want to hear something really fucking funny? Yes. Yeah. Of course, always. Okay, so... Moving on. Yeah. Uh, So, as you know, no David Bowie songs. Technically, David Bowie's voice is in the movie, though. Go on. It's kind of... It's interesting, but it's not like... It's not like a Back to the Future thing, where, like, I don't think yeah. you any lawsuit was used. Yeah, I, I was he, gonna say, it's like one of those situations where, legally speaking, David Bowie was in it, but... In the very loosest sense. So, in, in 73... 72, 73, Bowie was using his powers of, you know, glam recognition to elevate some of his favorite musicians... So that included Mont de Hoople. Uh, that's where we got all the young dudes from. That's where we got the Stooges album, uh, Raw Power. And that's also where we got the Lou Reed album, Transformer, which features Satellite of Love. Disguise. Sorry? I said Robots oh, yeah. in Disguise. Exactly. Hey, in like a couple weeks, you know what we should do? Get fucking Kyle on. Yeah, uh, we're saying the same thing. I was going to say review a Transformers movie. By review, I mean have our gay friend on. Uh, the one who's not Spider-Man. The one who's a fucking Transformer for some reason. Yeah, we'll do that. that. Hey, on. Transformers are cool. Yeah, should we review? Uh, uh, we'll figure this out later. Uh, yeah. Let's watch this movie. I uh, have the Blu-ray right here. I'm going to throw it at Jeffrey. So that he David, gets in the fucking Blu-ray player. David Bowie ah! sings. Backup. Yeet! I caught it. You got it. I didn't he sings backup on you. one of the songs, Satellite of Love, which is that in the, the movie. So technically David disc. Bowie's voice is in the movie. That, that was the sticky grenade. You weren't supposed to catch that one. Okay, here's the DVD. I caught it, but then I hit myself in the face with it. Uh, that's good, because I was aiming at your face. I'm glad it hits Mark. <sighs> Anyways, once Jeffrey puts the movie on, we'll all know what it's like to fuck David Bowie and or Iggy Pop. Anyway, uh, we should turn the lights off for this. Okay. I might take my pants off. Products. Products? And services. Whatever happened to Raytheon? I'm a Raytheon. This fucking envy. They're definitely real. They're definitely real, and they're. uh, What happened to them? Okay. Not not to get too political, but you literally murdered Raytheon in a fucking well. Wasn't me? I can't really remember right now. Who did what? Let's not get hung up on the league question. Was it you who murdered them? Was it Malachi? Let's just Was watch it all the three movie. of us? Let's just watch the Was movie. Was it? Wasn't it a collective suicide? Products and services. I, it's still right now. Products ads. And they, products. They gave us a list of ads when we products. got back, and then we fell back in the well. We found the services. Fucking... Y'all remember the second well trip? That's all I'm saying. Products. 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 Products.
Respect the dead. Respect the dead. Respect the dead. And What is Raytheon's grandson's name? Raytheon Esquire. Raytheon Esquire. Raytheon Esquire. Raytheon Esquire. Raytheon Esquire. Raytheon this uh, is more. This is this is pressing content. Okay. What? That's what I didn't What? Exactly. What's fucking my Batman? My <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, so your brother slash father figure is going to fuck the night. <laughs> I am the night. You were my brother, Hennigan. I loved you. <laughs> I'm gonna tap that ass. Nice. So, what are y'all up to? Uh, it's talking about a movie that I am. I don't know if I I like a mo- this movie that I'm gonna talk about. Oh. <laughs> Why did you talk about a movie you don't like? I, I don't know. It's I have a similar thing to uh, Malachi, or as Malachi did with the last movie, but with this one, uh, we did I a have movie. It, what? We did a movie recently. Uh, I it's hard to tell. Everything's just I, blending. We we were in a well so recently that I I just can't remember anything. It's a fog. Of... I just choose to forget. I just um, distinctly remember watching Community, and then there being an explosion or something. The, there was a sweaty thing. I remember hearing some very bad comedy rap, too. I don't remember this. I, I'll stand by that comedy rap. That, a hip-hop, that... a hippie-hippie-hop, you don't stop saying the N-word. What was Raylan Johnson thinking? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but speaking of thinking, what what is this? I am thinking about what I want to say about Velvet Goldmine, the uh, movie that we're gay. here to talk about. That it's gay and that Iggy Pop and David Bowie should have fucked, even if they didn't in real life? Yes. Um, I mean, it's a, so it's a combination of Iggy Pop and Lou Reed and Lou Reed and David Bowie might've had something going on, but no one knows. Yeah. This is like how Bram Stoker and Oscar Wilde probably had sex together, but it's not a thing that's confirmed. Possibly. Did you pick up on all the Oscar Wilde stuff in this movie, Ronnie? I I didn't watch it. I was asleep. okay. That's valid. No, I was just wondering if you did, because like they start the movie by implying Oscar Wilde was an alien. 
That's a weird stance to take. Not yeah, in like a true. literal sense, but like the the opening of this movie is is wild. Oscar Wilde wasn't an alien. No, nah, he just liked to suck dick, I... but also had a wife. So you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, broadly speaking, the film describes things as gay when it could be better described as queer. Yeah. But, like, it came out in, the, like, 1999. Oof. That's a interesting year. I, I gotta say something. I think it's... 1998, important. sorry. I think it's important to be earnest and that uh, comedy uh, for serious people is tight and trivial. Did you purposely put an important of being earnest in there, or was that, like, a thing that accidentally happened organically? Uh, it's, uh, it's it's totally an accident. Just like uh, you should marry your cousins named Ernest, and that your other cousin should change his name to Ernest to marry I, another person. What I don't know what is happening. I'm confused. Have y'all not read the importance of being Ernest, a, a trivial comedy for serious people? No. I no. Because <laughs> I I have read that. You know what book I did read, though? Please what? kill me. Oh. And do you want to know uh, what I felt about certain information I learned from that book? What? Bad things. I would like to die, please. Please kill me in a video game. Okay. Uh, by the way, that was the plot to the importance of being earnest. Well, not the plot, but the conclusion. Uh, it turns out most of the characters are cousins. And every character who wanted to marry each other marries each other. Okay. Oscar uh, but... Wilde's a weird dude. Yeah. I liked uh, the importance of being earnest better than uh, Heart of Darkness. Heart of Darkness is really racist, though. Yeah. It, I didn't get that far into Heart of Darkness. I was literally reading the introduction and got bored. I uh... thought you were going to say you liked it more than the picture of Dorian Gray. That movie, that that book's good. No, uh, that I think that would make more sense. But I, I'm just talking about AP English class right now. Have you read mm. uh, *Ballad of Red and Gale*? No. I don't believe so. Uh, it's after he got arrested for being big gay. And he talks about it. it's really good. Um, I mean, that's that's a problem. You you can't both be Irish and gay. That's true, that's illegal. Yes. Except, unfortunately, being Irish, pretty gay. Yeah, I was gonna say, being Irish is pretty fucking gay, which makes it being illegal to be gay and Irish pretty fucking ironic. Yeah, the only cool thing the Irish did was fight the English. Oh, come out, ye black and pants. I think I might cut that, because, like, apparently there's still... There are still conflicts in regards to Ireland... Uh, How do I say it? There are so. Uh... Hey, in Ireland, you're allowed to say the South will rise again. And it's not racist. Anyway, speaking of uh, going down a rabbit hole of despair, here's what I learned. So, we all know 
David Bowie had sex with 14-year-olds. Yes. And Mick Jagger. Yes. Who is not 14, of course. Um, yeah, David more Bowie like... is simultaneously a bi-icon and a terrible piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, Iggy Pop uh, had sex with a 13-year-old. Yeah, that was a yikes to hear. That's really... As someone who really, really likes Iggy Pop, that is like... Okay, I'm going to get the Model 20 real quick. Uh, I won't be back. You can replace me with some other MB. Maybe X-Line. Uh, I don't know. They they can fill a similar role. Same time zone. They smoke a lot of weed. Right? Uh, yeah. Preferably not. But I, I I like this movie. I like er, I like aspects of this movie, and I like the music except for one song, <laughs> because it's used. <laughs> they play a Gary Glitter song, while one of the characters like picks up a literal like fucking teenager, <laughs> and has Yay. sex with them. Also, the song is called Do You Want to Touch Me? Wait, wait, so they play... That, that's the same guy who they played a song of in uh, Joker, Joker, yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Except this movie has, like, a a better overall soundtrack, and it's like... This scene comes so far out of the blue that it's a genuine shock to me that they didn't just... It's almost two hours long. They could have cut a lot of stuff out of this movie. Including I, this scene. Yeah, I think it's weird that both the uh, period pieces and that guy being on the soundtrack could go on our on our bingo cards. God damn it. And it would make sense. Yeah, but they put... Two bands were put together for this movie. Uh, one was called Venus and Furs to be more of like to do some of the more Bowie stuff. Um, that band includes Johnny Greenwood and Tom York of Radiohead. Tom York sings three songs on the soundtrack. Then Tom the other... Hmm? Tom York is on the soundtrack? Yes, he sings three That's songs. pretty cool. Hasn't Tom York recently composed for, like, a film? I have to look that up now. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson... Yes. No, not, yeah, I think so. It's like a what was it? It's referred to as like a one wheeler. Um, apparently it's a good album from what I've heard, or EP. But the other band is sort of the Stooges Iggy Pop band. They only actually have two songs, and there's a song they recorded that's like featured in the movie, kind of. But, like, they recorded a full album, this group, and they were called Wild Rats. And it's, like, the perfect super group. Because you got members of Sonic Youth. You got Mike Watt from the Minutemen. You got the original guitar player for the Stooges, Ron Ashton. It's, like, such an amazing... Like... This band has no right to slap as hard as they do for a film that's as absurd as this movie. But how many bops do they have? They've recorded a full album that I would say is just bops. Alright, so it's at least ten tracks is what I'm thinking? 
I'm forgetting, but let's say so. Um, it's <laughs> That's not pretty like, boppy, it, dude. This could just be my interpretation of this. I don't like the singer because the singer isn't Iggy Pop. Yeah, that's valid. But uh, do you think this movie is for people who are listening to Say Anything in 2003 but claim they've reared on the Stooges? Is that you, Ronnie? I mean, I, it's kind of the reversal. I act like I was listening to Say Anything in 2003, but if anything, I was listening to whatever my mom was listening to, which might have included the Stooges. I mean, if your mom was listening to the Stooges, your mom's pretty cool. My um, mom has pretty good taste in music, actually. Okay, that's good. Um, and came up in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, pretty sure my mom actually does like Iggy Pop. Okay, this movie is for people who... Um, who said, hey... I like David Bowie. I like Iggy Pop. Also, what if Citi- what if Citizen Kane was gay? <laughs> Wait, is this the Citizen gay of Kane movies? I mean, Citizen this is, Kane gay This movies? movie is trying so hard to be Citizen Kane, gay Citizen Kane. You gotta admire it for trying, right? <laughs> it's like... There's a song that I like that's used in the movie... Um, it's one of the original songs. I forget what it's called. It's a decent song, but they play it after a thing happens. And then, like, the next scene, they play it again in full. Why are you doing this? It was it was a good song. You played it once. I don't need to see the music video for this. Oh, is that what those clips were that I was sending out of screen, out of context screenshots of? Some of them, yes. Okay. Because oh, they full the on way. try to recreate Bowie music videos with imagery, because it, they couldn't legally use any song by David Bowie. I mean, well, of course. So, but Johnny we... Greenwood is the one that's worked with Paul Thomas Anderson on uh, "There Will Be Blood" and "Phantom Thread" as the composer. Tom York did the uh, scoring for Suspiria 2018 based off of the Italian horror film from the 1970s. Nerd. Yep. Which is on my list of things I need to watch because apparently it's really good. 1977. Yep. But speaking of working on projects together, uh, David Bowie and Iggy Pop. Did they fuck? I don't uh, know. I don't. You know if, decide. I don't know if Iggy Pop actually. I don't know if Iggy Pop's bisexual. Lou Reed punched David Bowie in the face. Lou Reed did punch David Bowie in the face. Like sexually or nope. <laughs> Lou, Lou Reed was just like, "Hey, you want to produce my next album?" And David Bowie said, "Yeah, maybe if you get sober." And Lou Reed said, no, I think I'm going to punch you in the face. Hey, Jeffrey, you want to produce my next album? Only if you get sober. Fuck. Ah, you... Okay, that was, that was, that was called for. Also, yes, I, I would like to produce your next album. Okay. 
wait a second. My next producer album, my next rock album. Yes. So instead of me producing my production album, you're going to produce it? Hey, you got to get a white person behind you. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're really trying, but like, you know, it's you're only white passing, Ronnie. Sometimes I feel like I'm on this podcast just to laugh at the ridiculous shit that you guys say. Yeah. I'm that, sorry, that's who? one of those moments. Man, it's, it sure is great that all of the cis people have stopped talking forever. Right, Jeffrey? Um, I don't know how to respond to this, but I guess my response is saying something about me. Anyways, we should bring Malachi back. Where's the button that brings the cis people back? Um, is it this button? Where did this... I found a button in my pocket. Is it this button? Yeah. What is happening? Raytheon made a button. There's... It, it was the fuck says people button. We pushed it. They just all shut up. Now we need to push the unfuck says people button. All I can say is I moved so slow with a steady crushing hand. Holy shit, there's a company in my back. Did you push the button though? Uh, yes. Oh, hey. What's up, Malachi? I don't know. Um. I felt like I was paused. (laughs) Because you know I'm cis, I just want to take up all the time of talking. (laughs) 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 That was... The best brick jokes are unintentional, okay? Uh. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I... Sorry. What were you saying? Uh, no, you. No, you. Um, Ronnie, I apologize. Uh, there is some stuff in this film that is made to talk about certain aspects of queer experience that are slightly troubling. Uh-oh. Do we need to issue a trigger warning for <laughs> I this I think video? I kind of want to. I, we should. Even if honestly, we don't talk about it as much. Like, it's it's in the background. It's 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 a film made by someone who is openly gay yeah. and tackles it in a in a decent way, but also succumbs to certain aspects of approaching, you know, things. I mean, like, it is a Miramax film after all. Oh no. So this is a Disney movie? Uh, I guess so. Ewan McGregor, Disney princess. No, Disney queen. <laughs> okay, fine. Christian Bale, Disney princess. That one's... Also, yeah, that one... You know... You know what it says about my brain? You kept saying Batman, and I know you meant Christian Bale, but my brain was like, wouldn't it be funny if it was Val Kilmer he was talking about? <laughs> Wouldn't it I mean, be fun- I funny thought that if it was I, Ben Affleck? If Ben Affleck played Iggy Pop, I might still see that movie. Honestly, I Ben Affleck could play Iggy Pop. I, I want an Iggy Pop movie. One I, time there was going to be one, and you want to know who was supposed to play Iggy Pop? Who? Elijah Iggy Pop. Wood. 
that's not the worst. Interesting. I mean, a good actor. Yeah, I, I think he could do it. Uh, Iggy Pop he... is very short for reference. Yeah, yeah, five seven. Uh, Elijah right. Wood once I feel played attacked. one of the uh, Beastie Boys. By the way, if we ever do, if if we need to do like a short film sometime, that Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right revisited video, it's pretty cool. God, I want to talk about their first album sometime. That album's a wild. In like, like a good way, what? or is it like kind of uh, yikesy? Yes, both. Gotcha. Are we talking about licensed ill right now? Yes. Good album. Uh, Girls was an ironic song, but it wasn't taken as ironic, and the Be- even the Beastie Boys were like, "Yo, this is ironic." Also, "Fight for Your Right" was ironic, and it wasn't taken as ironic. And I- I'm gonna say even the Beastie Boys, even though you know the Beastie Boys were always in on the joke, and even the Beastie Boys were like, "Yo, dudes, it's ironic." Yeah. You know? Well, no. Here's the I like. How do I say this? There. You ever run into things where it's like, oh yeah, I would, I would like this, but you distance yourself from it because it's like, oh no, I think this might be like if I watch this, I might try to be, be that too much. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's so, aspects of the Beastie Boys where I'm just like, I really love this idea of like, the notion of them being in on like this joke. Yeah. But, like, it's really depressing when people are just, like, unironically, like, what joke? I like... Part of it is, okay, so, I don't remember what song this is in, but at one point, one of them says, if I played guitar, I'd be Jimmy Page, because all the girls I like are underage. God oh, no. damn it. Also, I mean, accurate, he did kidnap a, he did kidnap a minor. Yeah, that also oh, that's also a thing. Some other that's problematic a, things on that. That is a thing that Jimmy Page did. Jimmy Page kidnapped a minor. Where's the behind the bastards on Jimmy Page? Also, speaking of behind the bastards and kidnapping minors, so I was listening to Behind the Bastards, and Robert Evans, our podcast daddy, called himself Podcast Daddy. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evans, you, you spineless punk, come on the podcast. Are we? Are I mean, not, Robert not, Ev- no, not like that. Don't ejaculate on the podcast. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not against. Come on, it. your dude. He's our podcast dad. Give us podcast child support, you coward. <laughs> and by that, I mean come on the podcast, you bastard. We can do a movie with the word bastard in the title. Um, no, you know what we would watch? We would watch I, The Art of Self-Defense because it's, uh, it's a movie about fascism secretly. I I, mean, I would also want to do Hubbard. something like potentially Hunter S. Thompson related with him. Yeah, and something and comedy related because he has... Something a... with drugs. Just a lot of drugs and we can talk about drugs and maybe do some drugs with a podcast. Honestly, dad. I feel like it'd be a good can... bonding experience. If you can find something Antifa about Tom- Thompson related that's dr- that has drugs in it, which uh, if it's Thompson drugs. Uh... I, mean... <laughs> I, I, I love this. The... There's this thing of just like Hunter S. Thompson would have probably gotten into gunfights with fascists. Yeah. 
Hunter S. Thompson often got into gunfights with his neighbors. <laughs> but you know it's not going to get into a gunfight with your neighbor. These products and services? Exactly! Anchor will not get into a gunfight with your neighbor. Unless your neighbor is uh, the Napster funder, founder. So, yeah. Yeah. Pew pew, bitches. Yeah, if unless you live next door to Justin Timberlake, uh, you're fine. It's getting hot in here, so take off all your ads. <laughs> Wait, no, no, keep them on! Oh, we just lost Raytheon as a sponsor, because, you know, he's dead? Yeah, I feel like that's definitely part of it. Rest in power. I, Raytheon Jr. also died. What happened to Junior Jr.? I mean, Esquire? Uh, don't they... I don't remember. I think they just, like, destroyed everything. I don't I remember don't. at this point. It's, it's, it's too long. It's, it's... I'm gonna pour one out for the legend. We legend. literally just got back from the well and we already forgot. It was traumatizing. Y- Time right. is a fucking lake at time. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Podcast mom was right, but we should go back to that lake sometime. Not lake. Well, sometime. <laughs> and, like, watch television. I lake really want to like, show you some random episodes of Legion. I want to force Malachi to watch Rick and Morty season four so I can argue that it's woke. I don't want to watch Rick and Morty. Okay, I think it might actually be funnier if you don't watch Rick and Morty and it's just Jeffrey and me arguing back and forth on whether or not it's woke or not. I'll sit in on the conversation. And also, I guess the framing is we're trying to convince you to watch it. Oh, so the microphones are fucking Batman? No, they're hot. Oh, that... Okay, that... I will accept that. Yeah. So, um... You know how I said in the pre-show, I don't know if I like this movie? Do you still not know if you like this movie? I don't know if I like this movie. Let's talk about that. Uh, I don't know if I like it, like... There are definite aspects of this movie that I really enjoy. Wait, this was a movie? Yes, and we're going to talk about it. Do you know what the perfect movie to compare this to is for how I enjoy it? Joker? Tommy. This reminds me of Tommy so fucking much, and just, like, it's it looks very 70s, and so, and it has all of the music like video type uh like segments and so it just reminds me of that movie which i love but also i recognize isn't a good movie yeah so i don't know what that says about this film that i think of that as the comparison i i think i might enjoy this more than tommy but i understand that comparison um, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, sh- um, I kind of blanked. I'm confused. I hate it. Jeff, I hate that thing my... that I just did. You made my dogs go crazy. 
Oh, you were trying to say who did a dog whistle. Yeah. Guilty as charged. What the f... I, I'm... But I'm so confused. <laughs> there's one Are thing you... I want to talk about, like, before we really dive into things. Um, we dive which, into things? Which, I sometimes. Uh, the, the scene of... You're getting the, the Bowie stand in his life, you know, like growing up. And oh, it's the scene of like when he's, it's hard to tell because they don't really give you an age. But he seems to be a, like teenage years. But like, yeah. it'd be a big difference between if he was 16 and 19. Do, do you know what I mean? I don't know how old Bowie is at that time. Because the person... The person in... I don't think that was necessarily a parallel with a Bowie thing, you know? But, like, how old's that schoolboy? Yeah. Because depending on how old Brian Slade is, that's real yikesy. And I don't think it's supposed to be yikesy, but it just followed a yikes in my mind, you know? Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, uh, masturbate. Okay. Batman masturbated to Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. Masturbate to Obi-Wan Kenobi and Batman. When I first saw the film, I was just like, is the implication that he's, like, doing drugs or is the implication that he's, like, getting, having anal sex? But then he's the only one there? Batman and Obi-Wan had sex. No, they did, but, like, the the scene where his parents, uh, his dad barges in and it's just like, the shame you've brought on this family! I mean, I'm pretty sure he was. The implication is that he was masturbating, but it's somewhat hard to tell. That's what I assumed it was. Yeah. Hey, weird question. How many movies that we've done have been period pieces? At least three. How many of them have been adaptations? I don't know if this is an adaptation. This is an adaptation, technically. But it's also technically not. Because it's not adapting anything specifically. It, it's based on uh, two unauthorized memoirs. Oh, shit. Yeah, one of them's uh, David Bowie's ex-wives, and the other one's in different persons. But it's on the life of David Bowie. Yeah. And that's why David Bowie didn't want his music used in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, originally, there was going to be, you know, uh, something about some kind of velvet, like gold mine or something, in the movie. Because there, there's a a B side that Bowie has that is literally just a just a out and out song about being bisexual. But like, I'm not sure. Like Malachi, have you ever heard of the song Velvet Gold Mine? I have not. It's a real B-side for, for Bowie. 
Let's look at some lyrics. Is it about eating hot chip and lying? By the way, Malachi, you're a little quiet. Malachi, uh, mine. I'll Something just be directly the to the mic. Malachi, mine. Make sure you speak from your diaphragm into the microphone's diaphragm. Eating hot chip in the night. Eating hot chip telling lies. Malachi, mine. Oh. Oh, haha! In in the thing, the fictional character he's playing is Brian Slade. Very clever movie. Very clever. Slade Wilson. More like the, the band Slade. Slade and Wilson. More like um, Wade Gilson. Also, the 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 fictional character Maxwell, the fictional character in universe Maxwell Demon is yeah. in itself a reference to a band that Brian Eno had. And then <laughs> Venus in Furs is a reference to a Velvet Velvet Undermine Velvet Underground song. Yeah, I kept uh I kept mixing the title of this movie up with Velvet Underground. Yeah. Are are you reading the lyrics? <laughs> uh yeah, may I may I read the chorus? Yes. As um, long as you read it in your most bisexual voice. I mean... It's about I'm making out with the dude. Well, okay, so... A dramatic reading. Velvet Goldmine, you stroke me like the rain. Snake it, take it, panther princess, you must stay. Velvet Goldmine, naked on your chain. I will be your king volcano, right for you again and again. My velvet gold mine. That's about sex. That's yeah. surprising. Start, start the song. Uh, start. The, read the first lyrics of the song. Oh, I love them. Oh, oh, the verse one. You yes. got crazy legs. You got amazing head. <laughs> you got rings on your fingers and your hair and your hair's hot red. You got the width of my tongue. Name on the sun. I clutch you close to my breast because you're the only one who uses school to pleasure. <laughs> What? Um, actually, the eye close to you, close to my breast, because you're the only one. That reminds me of a, a line and song of myself. Now I have to look that up. Give me a minute. This song is so horny. This song is too horny. <laughs> There's a. Y'all, are we arresting this song? This song isn't bad for being horny, okay? The song isn't underage. Hey. How do you know the song's not underaged? Did you card the song? Um. Shit, Malachi, help. Ah. Oh, what. Do you want me to just read more? Uh... Oh no, card! <laughs> I need you to card the song. I need to know if the song is underage. Um, well, the song was released in 1975, so How that is that is not correct. That's what I Velvet Goldmine. That's what I'm seeing on Genius. So if that's wrong, Genius is wrong. It came out in like 72, at least. 
I'm seeing it released on September 26, 1975. That's probably on a compilation, but it was not. Okay. I I I will die on this fucking hill, Malachi. And the song was bumped from the track listing at the last minute in favor of the song starting at the end of it. Goldmine was eventually released as a B-side to the song Changes. Okay, okay, fine. It was, it seemingly was released in 75. It was recorded in 71. It was... That uh, is odd. It was originally for the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spires from Mars, but it got bumped off because of Starman, and then it was just released uh, as a B-side on Changes. Yeah. But also, Changes wasn't even a new song in 75? I don't... It was just getting re-released as a single. I don't... I don't understand. But you know what so I do Bowie understand? So Bowie has... Okay. Uh, verse 2. You make me act real gone. You make me troll along. I had to ravish your capsule. Suck you dry. Feel the teeth in your bones. Kill your head with my own. Why, if I don't have you whole, is that your final love? Here all together, and then go into the chorus. Velvet gold mine. You know, this, in the night. this is just Bicycle by Queen, but like, without a metaphor. <laughs> Fun thing. Oh, by, by the way, between recording sessions, uh, someone called me tough guy and told me to keep talking shit from behind my keyboard. And I was like, hey, you're talking like you want to fight. And they legit sent me their address. <laughs> Wait, where was... what? Where did this exchange happen? Facebook. What? <laughs> was it real life, though? Please. Facebook is a cesspool. It happened on one of my friends' Facebook chat. Was a, I think it was a New Jersey friend too, not you. God damn it! <laughs> hey, New happen? Jersey gets a lot of shit. I have a, I, I have I have friends in Jersey outside of you. I okay, wait, 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 wait. We have to talk about something. We have to talk about this Oscar Wilde shit. Yes. Uh, yeah, is Oscar Wilde the fucking alien? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, have you have you read The Importance of Being Earnest, a play by Oscar Wilde? No. Uh, well, if you have, you'd know the answer is obviously yes. What? I feel like I'm being gaslit. What? <laughs> Why do you feel like you're being gaslit? I feel like that's not what that play's about. It's not what that play's about. It's just after you read that play, if someone tells you Oscar, if it was, if you read that play and then someone tells you it was written by an alien, you get it. That's all I'm saying. Velvet gold mine. Was it trying to say that like Oscar Wilde is like the inspiration for like bisexual men, like going. Af like after his existence because I don't think that's incorrect. I just think that's a weird way to phrase it. I don't I mean, exactly know. Honestly, because... I, I just think that Oscar Wilde is an alien. I, I think it might be like kind of talking about how creative people are sometimes seen as like otherworldly. 
I mean, that too, but like... But I don't think it handles it well as a film. Maybe maybe it's trying to do a parallel between, like, Bowie doing the whole, like, like trying to do, like, the space stuff and ends up, like, talking about Mars and stuff and then relating that to, like, Oscar Wilde and try to make a parallel between the Oscar Wilde and Bowie, but... But they call the Iggy Pop parallel uh, Kurt Wilde? Yes. Kurt I mean, it's not just Cobain. Iggy Pop. It's also Lou Reed, correct? Iggy Reed? Iggy, Pop. It's Iggy Pop, <laughs> Lou Reed, Pop. and even Kurt, Cob- and Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I did get a lot of Kurt Cobain vibes, which is weird. Like, I understand, yeah. like, that type of rocker being portrayed that way because it's 1998 and Kurt Cobain lived and died and was really famous. Yeah, uh, I think that it's mostly coincidence with the Kurt stuff, you know? I mean, vis- on a visual level, it's it's really there at some points. Yeah. Um, they, it, it seems to be more inspired by people inspired by Iggy Pop than inspired by Iggy Pop in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, I mean, they even kind of talk, like, there's a line of just, like, it wasn't even about Kurt, it was the idea of Kurt. And it's just, like, it's not quite Iggy Pop, it's more the idea of Iggy Pop. Like, someone's description of Iggy Pop. (laughs) Sorry, I, I was looking through the IMDb, and so... Under the uh, storyline, they have plot keywords. Um, so here are the first five. Okay. Gay. Homosexuality. Yeah. Homoeroticism. Yeah, gay. Brooch. Male wearing makeup and recovering drug addict. I think that's a really accurate look <laughs> summary of what happens in this movie. Sounds yeah. pretty gay. I. <laughs> so I had a similar experience. I watched this film several years ago and I haven't really gone back to it since things, you know? And yeah. This has been an odd experience for me. That's valid. No no comment. That's valid. I don't... This film is so weird. I love it for, like, the queer stuff because it's so good. And parts, like, I'm trying to find a quote right now. Uh, oh, uh, I think it's, I don't remember if this is, uh, who says it, but someone's like, yeah, uh, like, the BBC report is like, so you're saying you're bisexual, and the guy's like, yeah, I like boys, I like girls, they're great. No difference, is there? Mr. BBC. <laughs> I, I just like that shit. I, I like the open buy shit. I don't like the comment from, like, I think it was the drummer of Brian Slade's uh, band who was like, I don't know, it's kind of just popular for people to say that they're bi. It's the new hip thing. That's oh, really that disgusting. Was, that, was Kurt, that was Kurt Wilde. Yeah. That was Kurt Wilde who said that? Yep. Yes. But he was bi. <laughs> I genuinely don't know why that happens in the film. Uh, it could be because Lou Reed uh, 
got conversion therapy. That does that does make sense. Um, also, Lou Reed was always. Um, I want to sh- show you some clips of Lou Reed being in- interviewed by the press in the seventies. It is some of the best comedy that I've ever seen. He's oh, really? such an asshole. Well, you know what else is the best comedy and what isn't an asshole? These products and services? These motherfucking products and services. What? what? Yeah. Take my products and services like Christian Bale took Ewan McGregor's call. Nice. Some products and services like tricking Ewan McGregor and Christian Bale into simulating a sex scene longer than they needed to. Wait, what? Yeah. Can we talk about this first? Wait, what? Is that a thing? And we're back. The microphones are the sex scene. You have to... Ronnie, help me. Help, Ronnie. What's up, Jeffrey? The thing you just said, is it a thing, Ronnie? Uh, so I was on... I... Uh, IMDB or whatever. And I was reading the trivia for this movie. Yeah. And I got to the bottom and it says, when Christian Bale and Ewan McGregor were filming their sex scene, the director cut without letting them know. So the two continued to simulate the act until they realized the trick that had been played on them. That's fucked up. What the fuck, Todd Ames? 117 out of 121 people found this interesting. That's interesting, but not for good reasons. Like, I that's, know, right? That's, that's like one of two things. That's like, ha ha, look, they ha- these straight men are simulating gay sex as actors. Ha 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 ha. Which I doubt that that was the intent from the director, but that's... I mean, it was in the service of all of humanity, so... I don't know. My only problem was that it was simulated. What What do you mean? Like, you just... Why weren't they doing the fuck? I know, right? Also, uh, the film was originally supposed to feature some of David Bowie's music. Hence the title, which was a Bowie song from the 1970s. However, when Bowie learned the script of the film was partially based on the unauthorized biography Stardust, the David Bowie story, written by Henry Edwards and Tony Zanetta, and Backstage Passes, written by Bowie's ex-wife Angie, he threatened the producers with a lawsuit. Bowie's songs were therefore not used, and the script is partially rewritten to avoid unnecessary resemblance between Bowie and the Bowie-style character Brian Slade. Although, uh, I, I've mentioned this, Bowie's voice does appear in the movie. Yeah, as a background vocal. Yes. Hell yeah. I am. I. I kind of want. I kind of want to know what he thought of that, because also it appears. In an in a Lou Reed song, and also Lou Reed punched David Bowie in the face. Um, I mean, they were on good gay. terms in 1998. That's why I want to know what he thought of it. 
can we just talk about Christian Bale's character as being like the best part of this movie? Like, uh, I'll allow it. Uh, I just love Christian Bale's character. Like, I just identify with a lot of aspects of it as like someone who was, you know, kind of shamed for liking the men. I uh, I have no idea what you're talking. Wait, you like dicks? Yeah, I'll I'll I would t- partake in some of the smoking of the cock, but uh, smoking of the cock. Yeah, so I I really like how they do his character. Of I really like that scene where uh, it's I assume it's presumed that uh, it's Christian Bale when he was younger playing with the dolls of the. Uh, of the Kurt Wilde and uh, Brian Slade? I don't know. I can give some context. Uh, Todd Haynes, one of the films, earlier films that he did, uh, was a, adap- not an adaptation, but a movie about the band The Carpenters called Superstar. Mm-hmm. And that film was made entirely with uh, uh, dolls. So it's kind mm-hmm. of an, a self homage to that it also understanding it also reminds me of essentially like when you're younger but you don't realize you're queer you kind of just make queer situations and act like they're normal before a society that is homophobic tells you that that's wrong i really like i just really like the character i feel like it speaks to the queer experience a lot of like just aspects of the character it's just i i really like it um i do just like that people are bi and it's whatever people are bi people are kind of you know pansexual orgies for all who want them people are bi they just wear cuff jeans eat hot chip and lie (laughs) um there's how do i say uh speaking of things that spoke to you um I'm still not quite sure what to make of it because, like, it's set in 1984, which in itself is kind of a reference to a few different things, potentially, because Bowie had moved into a more pop direction with uh, the Let's Dance album, you know? Let's Dance. And he was doing a big tour, but he wasn't saying that, like, Reagan was good. And, like... It's not really touched upon, but the whole President Reynolds is supposed to be like a a Reagan, Margaret Thatcher kind of analog. Um, Gross. And, I didn't get that. Because it's not really talked about in the movie, but that is sort of the implication. Um, yeah, that makes sense. At the same time, Bowie recorded Diamond Dogs, which was basically an adaptation of 1984. Um, including a song called 1984. So, like, it is somewhat of, like, a stylistic homage to, like, the kind of repressed society of 1984. Somewhat. But, yeah, the thing that kind of spoke to me was, at the end, uh, we wanted to change the world, but we only changed ourselves. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. nothing if you don't look at the world yeah it's weird 
like especially like the act of coming out so it's different when you are a person who society just thinks is like a person it's different when you become a person of targeted harassment yeah which i feel like is part of it i i i do like that they don't really go into the like everybody was really homophobic shit because and i have a weird time with movies that talk about the aids crisis that are that are queer experience movies because at the same time the aids crisis is a thing that really needs to be talked about we need to talk about how reagan's a fucking piece of shit but at the same time we shouldn't relate not everything that is queer should be related to the AIDS crisis because that's not yeah. necessarily the case. Yeah, and <laughs> of course, suck at dick. God damn it! Uh, of course, the, uh, Todd Haynes' first film was uh, a film called The Poison, which was more so uh, dedicated to talking about various experiences during the uh, AIDS e- epidemic specifically mm-hmm. and that can also make sense why this movie doesn't like ever talk about it but yeah it always feels weird to have period pieces at this point in time that don't mention it ever like you don't have to linger on it but like it's a thing that happened that's true. So, I, I feel like that's probably the best way to handle stuff like that, is to just, hey, there are people who who have gotten AIDS, but you don't need to make a, like, the movie itself doesn't need to make a big deal about it unless it really need, wants to tackle those themes, that which I don't think a movie has to do that. Yeah. But if it wants to, it should do it well. Yeah, um, how do I say this? I feel like there's certain interpretations of the film that could be, you know, a lot of queer people really related with, like, the whole glam rock scene, but ultimately a lot of the glam rock scene wasn't, um, was people that were, like, just trying to get money, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, there were a lot of grift, like, uh, the character that played by uh, Eddie Izzard, which I love that per- performance. Uh, that guy, uh, t- who is who's based on Bowie's manager, Tony DeFries, is like such like a criminal con artist type of guy. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like a lot of, like, it's part, you could read into the film on some levels of, like, you know, these people people did find meaning through this kind of stuff, but it was also not intentional that they did, you know? Yeah. Um, especially because, like, holy shit, do they really just, like, Brian Slade's just saying fucking platitudes as his wife is, like, leaving him, you know? That shit was weird. Like, it's just God, like, shut the fuck not up, be you more of a piece asshole. of shit. Exactly. But I kind of loved it because of how much of a piece of shit he was being. 
If that I makes sense, really like pretentious. I like that they weren't like basically building up these characters as like godlike figures that have never done any wrong. They're shown to be like people who do mistakes and can be severe assholes to people. I like that. Um, I I I think one of the things that I really like is when the and like the BBC reporters keep asking them questions and they just like like uh, the question was like uh, well why do you wear makeup people don't want to think you're I think they use the word fruity uh, and, and then Brian Slate's just like they wouldn't get the wrong impression of me it would be the correct one I'm bi and like it's just nice to see that <laughs> Yeah, and like someone unapologetically being queer is nice. You to love see. to see it. You know this move. I'm glad this movie had really good queer shit because the last film we talked about really didn't. <laughs> like it had some interesting stuff about the queer experience, I think, but uh, this film just does it in such a more like poignant and direct way that speaks to. At least I can see that speaks to the experiences of people that I've talked to and uh, I've experienced. I don't think Freddy's Revenge really <laughs> speaks to me. I'm, uh, there's aspects of the film that do speak to me, but aren't necessarily related to the, uh, the, the, the queers stuff. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like the, uh, how do I say this? The way that Christian Bale uh, opens the uh, Brian Slade record and, and puts it on mm-hmm. uh, is was very reminiscent of my experience with putting on, I think it was actually uh, Let's Dance, um, which was like the first Bowie album I listened to on vinyl. One of the first albums I like ever listened to on vinyl, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. T- tangent over. Tangents are all this podcast is. Wait, this is a podcast. It is sometimes. Wait, I even on mic. I'm pretty far away from the mic. Oh, that's oh, why there's a fucking. I mic. can't hear you. Oh, this all makes sense now. Wait, why are we in the bottom of a well? We need to stop time traveling. Malachi keeps threatening to destroy the time machine. I will destroy that fucking time machine. I don't fix this timeline, goddammit. I don't use a time machine, Malachi. No, no, no. When we time travel together, you do, though. I mean, like, even if I time travel with you, I'm also not traveling with you. This is getting heavy. Is this fucking 12 Monkeys? What the fuck are we talking about at this point? Anyway, uh, I like Iggy Pop, and I like the music of Iggy Pop, but you know what I almost like as much as the music of Iggy Pop? The music of Wild Rats, which is a... How do, they put together two bands for this movie. Two, like, two super groups for this movie just to like record a few songs that's like nine bands 
What? That's like nine bands. Maybe. The um, Stooges stand in Wild Wrath is, was made up of people from the Minutemen. More so, the bassist of the Minutemen, Mike Watt, who, when the Stooges did reunite in the early 2000s up until 2013, uh, Mike Watt was the bass player for them. The original guitar player for the Stooges, Ron Ashton, uh, plus uh, two people from Sonic Youth, Steve Shelley and Thurston Moore, and the singer, I believe, of Mud Honey. I forget who the drummer was, but that is just such an amazing. Mm. The ah, oh, I, I love it, and they recorded a full album of music. And they used three songs in the movie, but they recorded a full album. And it's kind of wild. Did this movie make any money? No. It made less than half of its budget back. (laughs) Oh my god. Yay! That's good. Malachi, do you know why that's good? Why? It means that Harvey wasted his money. I think the budget was nine million, and it made four point three back. Uh, yeah, it made a total of four point three one three against nine million. Also, it's wild. How do I say this? It feels like this is a uh, underappreciated uh, film. First, like, like Tony Collette is in it, and she was great at Knives Out. You know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I read the line that someone called this, uh, calling it a dazzling surreal rock version of Citizen Kane with an extraterrestrial rosebud. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I, I, but, like, seriously, this film wants to be gay Citizen Kane so bad. This film is gay Citizen Kane so bad, and our podcast is the Gay Citizen Kane of podcasts. I don't know if that's a compliment. I mean, Citizen Kane in and of itself is pretty gay. Worse than Wells. Do you think this movie would have been worse if this was just a biopic about David Bowie? I uh, I think it would be. There are aspects of it where I feel like they use some, like, metaphor and like ex- like analogy throughout like the entire movie to like better illustrate like messages besides hey this person makes good music and they were famous but also did shitty things so let's talk about it yeah like i i feel like a lot of biopics are bad <laughs> to say the least so uh-huh. it's kind of refreshing to see basically the the story of Bowie a little bit, but not in a... Because I think part of the problem with biopics is that t- too many times it just glorifies people who are pieces of shit Yeah, that just happen to make good music. Yeah, and you know what uh, won't glorify pieces of shit? These products and services? Yeah, boy! 
right. Let's know. let's hear it uh, from the oh fuck, uh, Gremlin Media. Gremlin Media. I don't fucking know the name. Please drive my products. Let's hear it from Spotify. I'm not going to pay my musicians. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm but just buy gonna... premium. I'm just gonna pay... I'm just gonna pay people to read podcast ads for anger. Yeah. Uh, also, we... Jeffrey, you're gonna make a cocktail this week. Yes. Oh, let's let's cut to that. Let's cuck to that. Oh shit! What up? Alright, on today's episode of Cocktails with Jeffrey, we're making a drink called Smoky Nightclub Situation as a homage not only to this movie, but to a song featured in this movie, 2HB, which is of course featured twice in the soundtrack, was originally a song by the band Roxy Music in their first album, nonetheless. But, to make this drink, what you'll need is about half a cup of uh, brewed Lapsang tea. Uh, my tea recommended about five minutes of steeping. I did about perhaps four. It really is up to you. And speaking of that, I used a vague amount of honey. Really, however much honey you would like in your drink, however sweet you would like it in the end product. I went with a uh, healthy dab of honey. Following that, I added in four ounces of London dry gin. And to finish things off, about three really hearty, girthy dashes of orange bitters. This is a hot drink, somewhat inspired by uh, like a hot toddy, but made with gin. I don't know. Back to the podcast. Cucking Jeffrey. Okay, speaking of cucking... Can I put, like, a... Can I stop the word cuck from being used? We used it too many times on the Spider-Man podcast. We need to put... Cuckity, 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 cuck, 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 We need to put a stop on the word cuck. We are using it too much. We are taking back cuck, okay? We're cucking the word cuck. We are cucking the reactionaries by taking the word cuck back, okay? Why should we take the word cuck back? Because, because it's a fun word. Because cuck you chicken sounds so much better than cluck you chicken? That's true. 
awesome. Not as <laughs> not as good as fuck you, chicken. That's awesome. But I true. think we're getting close. I, I think Speaking of getting act- close, cucking. Yeah, anyways, uh <laughs> Also the reactionaries just don't deserve to have anything, okay, Malachi? But but I, I do like actually that's a weird hill to die on, but I respect I, it, I guess. I do want to actually uh, uh ask about something. Okay. So there's no Bowie music in it, and I did talk about the uh the fake Stooges band. What do you think of the fake the the Bowie stand in? I think in terms of sounds... like like the the Bowie the fake Bowie music, basically. Sounds like a creep, like a weirdo. Like it only so like three songs were by Tom uh, with Tom York singing, but he yeah. didn't do all of them. I... And I think it's sorry. No, you go. I I, I think like it's it. an interesting mix of a few different bands, but keeping in the style of Bowie of that time period. But Bowie of that time period wasn't just one sound. Yeah. Um, he had cloned himself 900 times, just like Jeffrey has. Well, I mean, there's a song that like specifically seems like a... Uh, an attempt to sound like all the young dudes, the uh, Mott the Hoople song that Bowie wrote, you know? Mott the Hoople. Jeffrey. What? How do you do drugs if drugs do you? Um, hmm. I, the Bowie stand-in songs sounded like Bowie, but I don't know if the lyrical content would be the same as I would hold Bowie's to. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. There was, like, um, the the Stooges stuff has had the benefit of literally just being covers of Stooges songs. Yeah. (laughs) For the most... And the one song that sounds weak was a song written for the movie. And let me guess, it still sounds like a Stooge song. It was written by one of the Stooges, so it kind of does. Yeah, but, like, he wasn't known for his Stooge lyricism. It, it, it sounds like a, a Stooge song the way that a Ringo song sounds like a Beatles song. Kind of. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's a song yeah. called Be My Un- The Be My Unclean. Yeah, that, that sounded like... Like what I think of when I hear someone talking about Iggy Pop. That is a seven-minute-long song, by the way, and like Jesus, like not Iggy Pop at his best, but you know. Yeah, the guitar work is still there because Ron Ashton is is a bad motherfucker. Kind of problematic because of the whole uh, constantly wearing Nazi paraphernalia, but. Bad motherfucker. You see, if your name is Ron, you're either a good guitarist or a Nazi or both. Um. <laughs> My dad sucks at guitar. Anyway. <laughs> also, that is a thing. What the fuck was that? I don't know what? anymore. I I heard a a sound. Um, 
It was probably my lighter. Oh no, it was on my end. Oh, okay. Um, fuck, I thought I had something to say. But, Let's yeah, I'd have it. to go back and look at the lyrics of the Bowie... Supposed to be the Bowie stand-in song. Bowie was when a I heard better them, like, songwriter. And the, some yeah. of the better songs featured that are supposed to be Bowie songs are just covers. So, like, Babies on Fire is a Brian Eno cover. And also there's a song called Sebastian, which is a cover, I think, of a guy named Steve Hartley, um, who I think did the original score, but was also like a 70s musician, like, who was putting out music at the time and wrote a song called Sebastian, wrote at least one of the songs that uh, Bowie's presented as doing, stand in for Bowie. Uh, yeah, the um, I th- I, I my brain has a weird thing with uh, uh, the having the Iggy Pop stand and play guitar because I know it's supposed to be Lou Reed who did play guitar and did join Bowie on stage during that time period, but like that guitar incident is. Something that Bowie did with the guitar player in his band, Mick Runson. And, like, it literally just looks like that, like, just a complete replication of that in the movie. It's wild. Am I still here with all of you? Yeah. Are you just... Yes. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to look at a thing, because I want to figure out, what was the name of the song that played at the, a, the end of the movie? Uh, which one? The one that played uh, like right before credits happened, I think. Uh, tumbling down. I liked that song a lot. It was very interesting. I don't remember the lyrics because I'm. God what, damn it! it you guys it made me think. Cuck. Was it the blue one? Like with the the uh. Bowie standing dressed in as a blue alien thing. That song, like that was that was interesting to say the so, least. So wait, how do we make you think of the word cuck? Uh, it's just, uh, I'm gonna insult myself, and the first word that came to my mind was cuck. Okay, so there's a was it a was it a song that was already in the movie? Yes. Okay, so that is two H B. Both are performed by the Venus and Furs band, but the first version of it was sung by Tom York. Uh, and the second version was sung by Paul Kimbley, I believe. But then again, that, that person that I met, Steve Harley, was a, apparently a, a songwriter during the 70s, so that probably explains why the music was lyrically better, you know? It made me think of Bowie with, like, in the chorus, the, like, the here's looking at you, kid reference just seems something like Bowie would have done. Maybe I'm I'm wrong on that, but that just seems like Bowie to me to, like, reference something like that. It, it's it. definitely a Bowie thing to reference the fact that you've been looking at kids. Whoa! Hey, hey, hey. 
Did I fuck the 14-year-old? I sure hope not. I'm going to emphatically say no. No, I did not. I'd be surprised that you fucked. Exactly. Yeah, like, Jeffrey, you're a virgin. You don't even fuck your wife. I fuck your wife. Does that make Jeffrey a cuck? I hope she enjoys it. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be if she didn't. Uh, <laughs> what is this podcast? I don't know. What is this friendship? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Hey, guys, I listened to that podcast you recommended me. I think they're just a bunch of swingers who talk about movies sometimes. <laughs> I... Is this just a polycule? Okay, listen here. That that was it. That that's all I got. Oh, <laughs> you ain't got no argument. Nope. Uh, th- this is only the first movie that I could make you watch. That's kind of problematic, featuring you and McGregor, and I ha- that ha- that I can talk about Iggy Pop and the other one's Train Spotting. And both of these involve underage people. God damn it. <laughs> well, and now I know why it's problematic. <laughs> what is this podcast? Hey, I listened to that podcast that you recommended. And all they talked about was like David Bowie fucking underage girls and Iggy Pop. You know, if we don't bring it up, then we're actively being silent about the fact that David Bowie was a piece of shit? I mean, you're right. Hey, guess what? That David Bowie fella uh, is a sex offender. Technically. Man, it's sad. Like, it's hard to find artists to end up looking up to as a person with standards. (laughs) Because some people will be like, well, I like their music, therefore any bad thing they did ever is fine. Joseph Lidore from the artist, man. Don't you yeah, know? that's why I like the art and hate the artist. <laughs> How do I say this? He definitely... He definitely was... He didn't continue doing the shitty stuff his entire life, which... That's good. Yeah, we um, are anti-essentialists on this podcast. And it is odd. How do I say that? It's just, it's not great. I don't want it to sound like I'm defending David Bowie's action in this regard, because it wasn't good what he did. Um, Hey, Anthony Fantana, do you want to rate the the actions of David Bowie? Uh, That's uh, not good. (laughs) I'm not gonna, like, how do I say this? The music is still, like, he's got this song uh, that was recorded for Young Americans, but got bumped off because he... um, Bumped off a Young American? God damn it. Um, It got bumped off of the album because of the fact that uh, he randomly was able to record with John Lennon and recorded Fame and a cover of Across the Universe. 
Uh, so these oh. two songs got bumped off. And I think they're my two favorite Bowie songs called It's Gonna Be Me and uh, Who Can I Be Now that deal very heavily with just ident identity and, and whatnot. So. I think it's okay. Like, I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I'm saying. I think it's perfectly fine to like Bowie's music. Yeah. So I, I love it as well. Um, I find the thing that I that's problematic is when people act like it's not a thing. That's the thing that makes me like feel icky. Like for lack of better word. Or like, oh, um, the fourteen-year-old consented. Yeah, it was I, normal back then. I don't like the apology. You know, don't yeah. y'all know it was normal back then? I think I mean, that there is. A it was. To say you could make. Certain, I think you can make cases in certain aspects, not really in Bowie's case. That it I'll was. Say. How do I say that? You can make the case that it was normalized, but like not but that. That doesn't make like, it just it's because. Okay. Yeah, like I think I said this in the pre-show. You can look at someone's actions and think they're shitty, but recognize that because of the environment that they were in, the society they lived in at that point in time, that that was kind of a thing that was going to happen. Yeah, when, like when or it's I expected said, that someone would be like that, and yeah, it's like extraordinary to not do that. I was uh being uh, asked you when I said it was normal back then because uh, those are yeah. the words that people used when explaining to me like. Uh, a scene in a movie where, like, a 13-year-old is pledged to a 40-year-old in marriage. Okay. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm nine years old. What is this? Are you talking about the Jerry Lee Lewis movie? I don't know. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis wasn't, wasn't... I know, he wasn't that old. Also, that situation is very odd. It's weird. It's real weird. Wait, isn't the fucker who, uh, like, married his niece? I think it was his, his cousin? He married his cousin. He grew up in a weird situation. The first wife that he had, I believe, was a much older woman. And he just had a very weird childhood to where I think he thought doing what he did was okay. Yeah. But that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Okay, so she was Lewis's first cousin once removed. Oh, that's his uh his parents' cousin's uh kid. Uh she was thirteen and he was twenty two. Yeah. That's a yikes, dog. That's a big Also fucking keep yikes. in mind that he also abused her. That's Keep yeah. in mind that's his second wife though. To uh point to what Jeffrey said. So he was also, like, married at, like, that age? To someone, like, that age? I'm trying to find... Uh, okay, here, I gotta just... Okay. He was... He's been married seven times. Yikes. What am I doing wrong? You keep getting married. Uh, okay, so when he was... When he was 16, he got married... And how old was his first wife? I'm going to look that up. It does not list it on uh, um, 
Wikipedia. Also, he might have um, yeeted his uh, fourth wife. Oh my god, what the fuck? What? He, pr he might have killed his fourth wife, Ronnie. <laughs> what the fuck? I need a palate cleanser after that. So, uh, find that first wife age. I'm trying uh, to. Do, do, I'll, do. I'll let Jeffrey do that. I, I am. I miss vodka and D&D. And where are you? And I'm so sorry. Wait. <laughs> what? Okay. Because we're on this tangent about Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, you want to hear a crazy thing Jerry Lee Lewis tried to do? Murder Elvis. Yes, that's what I'm looking at right now. On November 22nd, 1976, Lewis was arrested outside Elvis Presley's Graceland home for allegedly intending to shoot him. Lewis yep. had already nearly killed his own bass player, Butch Owens. On September 29, 1976, Lewis's 41st birthday, when a .357 Magnum accidentally went off in his hand. In Rick Bragg's 2014 authorized biography, Jerry Lee Lewis, His Own Story, Lewis said the, the reclusive Presley had been trying to reach him and finally did on the November 23rd, imploring him to come out to the house. Lewis replied that uh, he would if he had the time, but he was busy trying to get his father, Elmo, out of jail in Tunica for driving under the influence. Later that night, Lewis was at Memphis nightclub called Vapors Drinking Champagne when he was given a gun. Lewis suddenly remembered that Elvis wanted to see him and climbing aboard his new Lincoln Continental with the loaded pistol on the dash and a bottle of champagne under his arm tore off to, for Graceland just before 3 o'clock in the morning. Lewis accidentally smashed into the famous Graceland game. <laughs> what the fuck? Malachi, you yes? know that book I sent you? Yeah. That same guy wrote this giant kind of, how do I say this? It's been described as a slightly gothic epic about Jerry Lee Lewis. And it starts off describing this event. <laughs> it's an amazing uh, book, and I highly recommend it. I'll, I'll look into that. Um, but the other thing is, what I found was Jerry Lee Lewis claims he got married when he was 14 and his wife was 17. Ah. Oh, so that was the was that the first marriage? Yes. All right. So we're going to cut to ads and reef around up and whatever. And then when we come back, I'm going to try and convince Malachi that Rick and Morty is woke. God damn it. We're okay. Product. Um I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. Cleanly. You know? Hello and welcome to Ronnie's Reefer Roundup. And for today's movie, I smoked some banjo sativa from Pacific's Dome. At least I think that's what I did. I can't really remember. I was too distracted by Obi-Wan's cock. Like, whoa, dude. Obi-Wan and Batman fucking? What a concept! Uh, yeah, 
Ah, uh, hey, I picked, the first one I pick up is the Banjo Sativa one. So it comes in at 1808. So 808 uh, is in there. Percent THC. And it's pretty good. It, it ties in because it's a musical instrument. Uh, and this movie was about music. Yeah. We, we, we don't do accidents here. We don't do coincidences. It definitely just wasn't the weed that I thought would be the best weed of the bunch that I had. <sighs> Anyways, you should uh, keep listening to this podcast and tell all of your friends to listen to this podcast, okay? Okay, you're valid and loved. Ronnie's Reefer Roundup is a production of Cannabis, Cocktails, and Cinema. So, like, when do I get these fucking checks I keep hearing about? Like, I keep being told, like, that checks are in the mail, obviously. You're a clear shell. But, like, nah, dog, I haven't gotten a single fucking check for this show. What the hell? Anyway, here's Wonderwall. All right. So Rick and Morty, it's it's woke as fuck. Okay, can you tell me why you think this is woke as fuck? Because I want this argument to stop. Because I I don't want this to keep coming up. Oh fuck! Oh no, it's it's gonna keep coming up. It's just season four is uh basically just a fucking them making fun of their fans and themselves and stuff and wait wait, wait. no like, no 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 i i might be leaving the recording help oh wait never mind no but yeah that, that's the whole point is uh they have two badass moms now and fascism's bad <laughs> wait is this another fascist dystopia yeah what? There's While you app. were asleep, we uh, we transferred to a universe where everyone's a wasp, which is good because that's the one that's not fascist. Um, but yeah, um, Link Ray uh, was a uh, Shawnee uh, member. Not uh, yeah. Descends from, I believe, the the Shawnee tribe, and uh, you know the movie Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Do Do you know the this? There's like a song called Rumble in it. It's wang 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 wang. I'll I'll play it for you. It's it's uh, this guitar song that's used in it. And uh, it's a very influential uh, a rock song. Um, person who recorded it and also had a bunch of other really good hit songs was a uh, a Native when American who doesn't get enough credit for uh, their contributions to uh, rock history. I would say. Whoa, real life Indian? Was that the? Also, was, I feel is that like song gets... used in the basement scene? I I think so. That's a that's a scene that exists. Anyway, what were we talking about? 
drugs. We were talking about lots and lots of drugs. So, and they did a, Okay, so did they just say fascism is bad, so therefore woke? No. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, they have a scene that passes the Bechdel test, so... You know. Fuck That's you on that lady. Supreme Court justice lady. The lesbian one. Lesbian is a part of her job title. What? They're female tarantulas. Kill them with your special time. I am confused. Sometimes my special know. time is a happy flow. Mine too. What the fuck is happening? 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 Special time. Passing the back Am I having a stroke right now? Should I call a bondulance? We live in a society. Malachi, if I need to call a bondulance, just let me know. Malachi, blink twice if you're being held against your will. You can't see my face. I'm. That's I right. I have my eyes closed. Can't. I'm gonna punch Jeffrey because his eyes are closed. Or their eyes are closed. Uh, uh, um. Did it feel good? <laughs> fuck you, Mikey. No, fuck you. You're valid. <sighs> so, anyways, Malachi, what's an Instagram? Oh, um, a platform I don't use. Oh shit! What up? But a platform that the podcast uses. Oh we shit! Do? Oh god, we we have an Instagram. I I'm gonna need some proof. What what what's the at? J- Jeffrey, what's the at? Um, I'm killing people in a video game right now. I can't believe you haven't noticed that. Okay, Bellum. Why can't I be? Okay, just because I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2 doesn't mean I'm Bellum. Okay, so the ad is ccnc.fm. Oh. And it includes a picture of me and a picture of you. Something, something, something. What we used to do. I don't know. Um. But it also includes these clips, like this one. You know, it's clips like these that make our podcast. Wait. Well, at, uh, I don't know what's happening, Malachi. Somebody help me. Wait, why don't we just play the fucking... I'm having a strong... Audio, like, Call a Bondulin. Oh, I'm playing it for you. Call me a Bondulin. Call me a Bondulin. Land that I love. 
Jeffrey's yelling Hitler, and I'm yelling syphilis, I think. What's <laughs> Hitlering my syphilis? What's the deal with Hitler? Syphilis! What's the deal with syphilis? What's Hitler? You like jazz, Hitler? Did Hitler like jazz? Uh, probably not. Hitler wasn't Canadian. Anyway, I don't know what this podcast is. I don't know why you people are listening to it. Um, I don't know either, but if you want spot the nice, spicy hot takes. Like, why Hitler is good, actually, which is what Jeffrey was saying to me earlier, right, Jeffrey? I mean, to be honest, Hitler wasn't Canadian, which I think is a, a big positive factor. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you could say about Hitler that are good. I mean, really just a great motivational leader for the kids. Um, Had a lot of inspiring things to say. I mean, like, when you think about it, Mein Kampf. Okay, so, yeah, um, so you could get those nice, (laughs) hot, spicy takes at... Oh, wait, 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 I forgot the biggest one. On Twitter. I forgot the biggest one. Okay, oh, no. Hitler should should have gotten the Nobel Prize. Um, because Ronnie's... you see, Hitler killed Hitler. <laughs> Hitler has a really good kill death ratio. Uh, and <laughs> I, maybe you should read our uh, our social media from the top, and also include our email. And to rate the podcast five stars if you liked that take. Okay. Ha, 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 ha. So I said we're not keeping that last part. Hey, I didn't say the worst thing. Yeah, I don't care. That's the part I heard. <laughs> uh, are we keeping any of what we just fucking said? Uh, distorting it to high hell. And, uh, probably not. Okay. Uh, 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 then we need a, another spicy take. Uh, I, I, Malachi, ask one of us to do a spicy this take. This hurts. This hurts when I do this. Please stop making me do it. Ronnie, you said that weed is actually bad for you? Could, could you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, uh, you see, uh, when you smoke a weed, that turns you gay, and when you get turned gay, that makes you a sinner, and when you're a sinner, you drift further away from God, and when you drift further away from God, you can't get into the eternal fruits of the Spirit, and when you can't get into the eternal fruits of the Spirit, you're unhealthy, and when you're unhealthy, you die, and when you die, you drift further away from God. It all, it's right there in the manual, Malachi. You said what? internal fruits of the spirit, and then I realized, wait, you were way more religious than I was. And if you want spicy hot religious takes like that, you can follow Ronnie at, at Ronald Alley Two on Twitter. Why do they uh, get the easy ones? Because I'm bad at stuff. If you want to see Jeffrey drink some whiskey, you can uh, follow them at a. Uh, 
Jep underscore seventy six. You know, for no Twitter. particular reason, I'm just gonna say I do not like Hitler. You know what? Hitler was a dum dum. I don't believe in Hitler. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Da, so, da, 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 da. And if you want to hear takes by someone who isn't on Twitter, or might be on Twitter, or maybe isn't, uh, who's eating the hot <laughs> chip and is doing the lie, wearing the cuff jeans, getting us on the DEA's radar, you know, shout out to the DEA. I hope you're listening. You can follow at ByGuyMalachi on the Twitter as well. I think that's your name. Uh, You should rate it five stars. Yes. And uh, email us. Malachi, what the fuck's our email? Uh, I think it's Cannabis Cocktails it's like cannabis.cocktails.cinema at gmail.com yeah okay that's easy to remember email us tell us about your uh, orgasms I guess please, please don't though address them to Ronnie two is a preposition two is a preposition come is a verb come is a verb Lenny Bruce so, Lenny Bruce. and obviously go to Lenny Bruce. Let me make sure I get the link correct. Uh, Anchor.fm forward slash cannabis hyphen cocktails hyphen cinema. In case you're watching or want listen to this fucking thing on Spotify. Yeah. Anchor, thanks for the money, yo. Thank you for the money, Anchor. But also, you could listen to this on Spotify. You could also see the the podcast on the platform that I'm being asked to retake up, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, where we're ccnc.fm on Instagram. We Instagram. Like this one. And this one. And this one. Are we in the Matrix now? Yeah. Uh, maybe... But you know what? I guess we are because there are two <laughs> two nonsense people. <laughs> so uh-huh. we're now the Matrix. <laughs> two nonsense people and it's this person. That means that's the Matrix. No idea what you're talking person. about, Malachi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hey, uh, Jeffrey. Malachi's going to get us put on a watch list. Do you want to go to the bottom of the well again? Um, this is a tough bargain. Um, can we watch the thing that I thought we already watched, but we didn't watch? Yeah. Okay, I the like thing that. we watched tomorrow? Well, the thing that I thought we already watched, because I think about this a lot. Yeah. I wonder why. I guess you'll have to watch that episode. Bye. 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 Miss American Pie.